0: Welcome to the Safety with Purpose Women in Safety podcast. This is a show that provides a supportive space for women in safety careers. We break down the barriers and provide opportunities for growth. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and join us at safetywithpurpose.com. Now, here's your Women in Safety podcast host,
1: Tamara Paris. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Women in Safety. We've got a great show lined up today. We've got Lisa Hubbard, who is the Vice President of Digital Sales and Marketing at Premier Safety. Joining Lisa and I today is Lauren Bailey. She is the founder and president of Factor Eight, as well as the founder of Girls Club. Welcome. Kick this off with you both sharing. How did you get into the industries you're in and the positions you're in? Because I think a lot of us strive to get to those executive positions, but we kind of struggle. And that's a bit about what our conversation is going to be about today. So let's kick it off there.
0: Yep. I'll go ahead and start. Um, So where I, my, my background really came into sales and digital sales and inside sales. Um, Before I came to Premier Safety, I was a director of inside sales, uh, for a transportation company, so I spent twenty years of my career in transportation um, and just got an opportunity to uh, kind of build a, a digital team or an inside sales team from the ground up um, was an exciting opportunity for me of course, I was planning on you know retiring where I was so switching role or switching into a new industry um, after 20 years in transportation was was certainly a leap for me and um, it's something that I, I absolutely enjoy and, and am very grateful for the opportunity that I've gotten here at Premier Safety. So that's how I came in.
2: Cool. Mine was, uh, mine was a little different. I was a kid out of college and, and like most, I fell into sales because that's 80% of the available jobs. And I learned very quickly that I would rather be in charge. So I had kind of a, 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 I call it my big girl pants moment, where they were offering me the sales role instead of the manager role that I was interviewing for. Like start in sales, you'll be number one, you'll get promoted. And um, I just sort of had this moment of courage and said, nope, not gonna do it unless you give me the management role. And I got the role and was way over employed. My first year was tough. This was new to the technology industry, new to digital sales and new to management. So I was a hot mess and drank a lot of wine and cried a lot. But those experiences of not having the training and education to know how to do the role of management is what led me to years later starting Factor 8 and writing that curriculum for new managers and then starting Girls Club, which is all about helping more women get to the higher positions in sales.
1: Well, and I think that's a good place to launch our whole discussion around because one of the questions that you were coming with to me, Lisa, was how can we see more women um, taking that challenge and diving into new roles and really helping us all progress in our careers. So I wanted to open up the discussion on what your thoughts are around that.
0: Yeah. So I think in, in my experience in, in talking to, to being involved in different groups and talking to different women, um, we just don't recognize it, right? We, we don't cater to what our passions are. Um, we kind of sell ourselves shorts some, sometimes And when we look at, well, I can't go to the next level because I'm not perfect in the, in, in my role today, you know, kind of the, we have to be, um, you know, 100% in, the, in our current role before we take that next step. Um, you know, building the confidence to take the next level um, and apply for the, the next role. Um, part of it is just recognizing talent, you know, um, getting somebody in your corner. Uh, maybe you don't recognize it yourself, but you have somebody in your circle, whether it be pro- professionally or personally, that's like, hey, you would be, re- you're a really good leader. Um, and sometimes it's it's having that person in your corner too, um, you know. A little bit of it is is the training that you have and the experience that you expose yourself to. Um, you know, we're kind of uh, we're all responsible for our own development and our own role, um, and kind of taking ownership of that. So being able to expose yourself to different groups, you know, different things on you know people to follow on LinkedIn and. Um, kind of getting that exposure. You're only good as as what you expose yourself to, and what you what you learn in your training and development. Um, so I think that's all of that kind of pulling together, or maybe a little bit of you know maybe it's a, a mental or just kind of um, sitting down and realizing what is your passion and what do you want to do, and know that you're worthy, and yes, you can. Go to the next level, and you can do that versus kind of sitting back saying, I'm not really ready because I don't have the confidence. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: I love what you said about that. And I think it's not just sitting down to know what you're passionate about, but writing down what your strengths are. We Mm -hmm. all need to have the secret sauce conversation with ourselves, right? What do I bring to the table that seems to be a little different? And it's hard to find that, especially when you're lacking self confidence, and especially when you don't have that outward in perspective. And those are some things that we can do for ourselves. Anything like you said, exposure is huge. Learning is huge, but also that self knowledge and reflection. Mm -hmm. I super love those personality profiles. And I mean, I think I've taken every single one that exists. Uh, My kid in third grade had a teacher assign him one and it was like getting a map to my kid. And I thought how wonderful that you can start him at a young age, getting to know who you are and how you differ from other people. Um, You talked about having to be perfect, Lisa. Can I jump onto that for a second? Mm -hmm. They did a study. It was uh, published in Forbes, but they did this study at HP a few years ago, and it's called The Confidence Gap, and they literally measured how ready for the next level do you have to feel before you'll raise your hand and apply. Men scored at about 70%. Women were 100%. So we literally will not raise our hands until we check every single box and that hurts us that's it that's what the message i want to spread number one is it's time to stop doing that by the time you're thinking about it that's when you start to take action
1: and i mean i think i've struggled with this myself is kind of negatively storing myself that Mm -hmm. oh you know i don't have everything that i need to go to get that position um so I don't want to embarrass myself by trying.
2: I think it comes down to that, that fear of failure, but it's the embarrassment because we've been raised to be perfect. And again, studies, women are raised for perfectionism, boys are raised for risk taking. And it's beat into us over and over. I mean, go as far as the media, right? Well, I can't be a woman and I can't be a powerful woman unless I've got a hair and makeup and wardrobe budget and I'm a size two. And, and who do we see on TV that are powerful women who aren't either knock-dead gorgeous or a big, fat bee, if you know what I'm saying, right? Like, where are the role models?
1: And so what I'd like to learn from the two of you is what are some exercises that maybe women can be going through in order to move through that negative storytelling and find that empowerment and and powerful story about themselves. Because one interesting thing is when I'm looking back along my life, when I felt like a superstar, I did phenomenal things. But Mm -hmm. when I started to get into that negative negative storytelling, I started to go down. So what can you two provide today to help our audience?
0: Yeah. So some of the things that, um, that you can do to help one is recognize it, um, recognize that, um, it's, it's normal. Um, you know, there's, there's different things that you can do. You know, I've, I've gotten myself involved in different groups where, um, you know, it's of women that basically tell the same story you know, to to know that it is normal, to get in an audience and to hear 50, 100 other women from, you know, different levels to say, I feel the same way it, every single day I wake up and those negative, you know, those negative Nellies that are going on in your head, um, and then being able to recognize it, understand that it is normal, and then to control it, you know, start changing that voice in your head and and know that part of that is being human, but you can change that voice in your head and it's practicing. You know, every morning you wake up and you kind of have the same thoughts that are going on in your head and you look in the mirror and you have the same thoughts. Slowly, purposely changing that message that's going on in your head. And it's constant practice and it's every day, every second, every minute, Um, you know, and it just change your stinking thinking. It can be done. Um, And it's, you know, it's repetition. It really is repetition.
2: I think people would be surprised to learn that Lisa Hubbard, right, executive at Premier Safety has negative thoughts and Mm -hmm. doubts herself. and I I love that. We have to share that with each other and be authentic because it's not just me. When we hide our fears, that's where shame starts, right? And shame is now I'm feeling alone and isolated and the only one. And so when we can air it out and we get brave role models like Lisa to say, me too, sister, it's eye-opening, especially to younger people coming up. I, I don't care if they're men or women or purple or green, or right? It's, uh, we all have it, but not many people are brave enough to admit to it. In fact, a recent study showed it's not just women, men and women. 85% of the thoughts we have every day are negative. Isn't that nuts? How on earth do our brains get hardwired that way? But that's what we're up against. So I love that you said every day right? Like you start by identifying, oh, well, this is a negative thought and it's persistent. I like to write it down. Just like when we have 800 items on our to-do list, as soon as you write it down, it it feels more manageable, like a little bit less stress, right? Uh, And then if you're really good, you do something else, you add it to the list just so you can cross it off. Anyway, uh, you, you start by writing it down and then have a conversation with yourself about it as if you were your best girlfriend, right? I'm stupid. Okay, well, is that true all the time? Am I stupider than everyone? Are there some areas where I'm smart? Look at it logically and get rid of the overarching exaggeration that's there and replace that with, actually, I'm one of the smartest moms on my block and I made a really great contribution to this meeting yesterday and I I performed really well. In school and and so we start to find the evidence that replaces it but it is a daily task I still every morning listen to either a positive affirmation some sort of a positive guru uplifting music and set an intention for the day of how I want to feel and how I want to show up and what I want to experience for that day And I think that that's karma, right? Karma isn't getting what you deserve, it's getting what you expect. And if we expect great things, that lifts us. And like you said, it's, right, when you go into the world with confidence and feeling great about yourself, it's a whole different Mm ballgame.
1: No, it is a total different ballgame when you've got that empowerment and confidence behind you. As I said, you know, I feel like I've been referred to as a supernova when I'm in that space. One of the things, Lisa, that you brought, that you, you were looking at discussing, too, is, is how do we as women tend to hold ourselves back? Because I think, Lauren, what you said, identifying is very important. But sometimes self-identifying is a little bit hard because you kind of think that maybe you're just making things up in your head. It's not real. So maybe if we can identify some of those things today, then we as women and other people who are going through this as well, and men who are going through this as well, can say, oh, wow, I've had th- those doubts, too. So what yeah. have you guys experienced? I
2: talked about this at the conference recently. Do you mind if I go first on this yeah, one? Yeah, go ahead. This was an amazing experience for me. So when you start to identify the negative thoughts, the next step is to identify the fear. Okay? And so I've challenged people to say, all right, just write it down. In fact, your listeners could right now. Write it down. What are you afraid of? And nobody has to know. You don't have to tell a damn soul. You can shred it or eat it, whatever you want, right? So I'm afraid of public speaking. I'm afraid to speak out in a meeting, whatever it is. Step two is you start to dig into it. What's really behind that? What's really behind that? What's really behind that, right? And every time I've done this exercise, the root of all of them, I'm talking 99% of the hands in the room go up, is I'm not good enough. It all comes down to that. It all comes down to it. And once you see everybody else's hand go up in a room of 100 people that we all think it, it becomes kind of funny. It it becomes kind of funny. And because there's this root of I'm not good enough, everybody's afraid to do a different thing. It's the thing their big dream. So we had a thing on Girls Club the other day where everybody was chatting it in. If I weren't afraid, I would write a book. Be a newscaster, make more cold calls, change my job, ask for the promotion. And as you read everybody else's, you were like, oh, I could do that. Easy, 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 easy. It's only mine that I think is crippling. Okay. And that's because I've kept the fear inside. So I think that fear is like a monster that lives under the bed, right? And when you you, you don't look at it, it gets bigger, it gets scarier. It's, it's, right? Think of a child that thinks there's a monster under their bed, they're terrified. But as soon as you shine a light on it, it's no big deal. So saying the fear out loud, slapping a name tag on the fear, takes the power away. So anyway, it it was fascinating to me to see. Like, it's all there. It's all imposter syndrome. And everybody has it, which means it's crap. Yeah, to kind of add on that, I mean, kind of
0: the... um, to identify it. Again, I think surrounding yourself um, with champions and mentors because we do have this fear of failure. And, you know, I'd like to name, I'd like to meet somebody who out of the gate says, I'm good enough for anything, you know, that doesn't have that fear. Um, you know, it, really surrounding yourself with what you expose yourself to, what you read on a daily basis. You know, there's a lot of negativity in the world going on right now. So being able to limit the noise and really focus on what is going to be productive for you, what is going to help develop you, what is going to help expose you to um, areas or opportunities where it's going to enhance you. And again, it's what you're passionate about. Um, but to be able to have those mentors and, and surrounding yourself with, with those that maybe if you don't recognize it yourself, they recognize it within, within you.
2: And role models, right? Lisa's yes, a role 100%. model for us in Girls Club. And what, what is amazing about that is that all of these women on their way up in sales are saying, gosh, someday I want to be the VP of sales. But they've probably never actually met or talked to a woman in that role before. So to find a woman who's doing it and then to have one who's authentic that says, guess what, I've got those fears too, it becomes possible. It's not this unattainable perfectionism that I'm rooting for. This is Lisa, and she's normal, and she's cool, and she's got two boys, and she has mom fails, and all of those things means, oh, I can see myself now in that role. And that's a favor we do for each other as women, or really of anybody who's not a 50-year-old white male (laughs) trying to get to the executive suite, is show people the truth.
1: Yeah, and you know, one of the things that um, I find very interesting is is us taking that leap into those leadership roles, or even owning that we are leaders even myself like i've had people say to me that i'm a leader in my own community but i even struggle at times identifying as a leader because i don't have a title of like president or something in a company but i think also the concept of leadership can be anywhere like you were saying in in girls club for example
2: it can and should be anywhere. But I so get that. Like, I remember the first time I was picked for things in my company as a leader of something and, and being approached and put in charge of things. I was like, what? Who? Me? And, and frankly, I still have that. I have young women I meet if I'm out speaking. And it's adorable. They're nervous, right? And I'm like, you get that that's just me, right? <laughs> like, seriously? That's just weird. But it's, it's because I took a risk and started a company. And, you know, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and that's a big deal. No, the truth is I couldn't make it as high as Lisa. I, I ejected it out of corporate America because I couldn't get to where I wanted to be. Start your own gig. You can put whatever title you want on those cards, right? It's all fake. It's all crap. It, it's silly yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things, you know, coming into the leadership roles, you know, when, when I moved from kind of a manager operations manager role into a director role into a VP role, I can tell you, you get to that point where, um, you know, you've got all that self doubt, you've got all that, but it really took me telling myself, why not me? You know, you've got the, why me, why me, why me? And then to, to start telling yourself, why not me? and taking the risk, and taking that extra step, and jumping outside of your box. Um, and on the flip side, I'll say leadership can happen in any role. You don't have to be a VP. You don't have to be a, 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 a president. You don't have to be a CEO. Leadership happens in every role, in every industry, in every corner of the earth. Um, it, you can exude leadership and, and exude your passion into whatever whatever you're doing.
2: So true. Do you remember, Lisa, when you first applied for a position with, with initials, when you first applied for VP, or had that conversation with yourself, like, I think I'm going to do it. I'm not going right. to do it. I think I'm doing do it. Did you get it the first time?
0: Yeah. So um, it took, moving, bumping into the, to the manager role, um, it, it did. It wasn't the first time. And sometimes, you know, it's all about timing. You know, it, it, I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason when it's supposed to happen and, um, you know, just not giving up and, and telling yourself again, why not me? It can be me. Um, and, and eventually again, training, experience, exposure, your passion will drive you through everything. I think we need to make
2: it normal that you don't get it the first try. And, and I think that's one of those things that we assume because, like we said, we're afraid to try. We want to be perfect. We'll be embarrassed if we don't get the role. But I think we need more role models like you saying, "Nope, didn't get it the first time out. Totally normal, right?" Mm-hmm. right? And you got to start early to to get yeah. those positions. I, I think we often, I see this time and time again. We talked about I don't raise my hand for the promotion until I'm 100% ready for it. And guess what? Everybody else is like brand new information. What you're interested in leadership? What I have. Uh, By the way, I've been grooming somebody else for six months behind the scenes because they came to me and had the conversation and you didn't. And then we get frustrated. And time and time again, women are voting with their employment, right? I've been asked to interview to help hire my boss. Nobody asked me to apply. Forget you guys. I'm out of here. I'm underappreciated. You never told anybody that you wanted to apply. You didn't have the conversation or raise your hand.
1: So let's open that up a little bit and talk about those behaviors. You know, you talk about imposter syndrome. That's a huge one. You know, I've felt that myself. But also what you just spoke about that, you know, you you thought that if you worked hard and you you were dedicated and you proved yourself that when a promotion came, it'd be the old fashioned way where they'd look and they'd pick somebody to move them up. But they're not doing that anymore you have to be more assertive and use the networking in order to navigate your career. And I, and we also talked about how men and women kind of network a little bit differently. So I was hoping that we could like look at some of the, the why behind some of the behaviors that we do do and some of the behaviors that maybe we should be doing.
0: Yeah, I think, I think number one, you need to be your own champion. Um, you need to at least get over the fear of having an open dialogue with your leadership team, or maybe it's not even your direct manager or your VP. Maybe it's somebody else in the organization. Maybe it's somebody outside of where you work to really have these candid conversations to talk about what am I passionate about? What, what do I want to do in the next year, in the next five years? So I do think having that conversation and, and being ready for a frank conversation for if it is your manager or if it is somebody that um, that that's a mentor in in a different area in your company be ready for the conversation of I get that you're ready to take the next level but here's where here's where I think you need to pay attention to here's maybe some opportunities to help get you there there's a there's a it's it's kind of a you have to have a can- candid conversation and in a realistic conversation with yourself to say, you know what, just because in my head, I think I'm ready for the next level. Maybe there truly are things that I need to work on um, and, and being ready and open to have that conversation. And that's where when you really get these true mentors and these true champions, they're the ones that are really going to say, hey, I think you're great in these areas, but here's the areas where I think you need to work on. And, and then just continue to develop yourself towards that.
2: I love, love, love what you're saying, right? And, and the conversation of, I'd like to get to this level or this place at some point in my career. What can I do to get there is mm-hmm. what starts that feedback, right? And what's wonderful about that conversation is that it's low risk. Anybody who wants to get ahead, who's listening to this, who hasn't had that conversation yet with a boss, mentor, or advocate, and I'll talk about the difference in a second, that's where you start. And the beauty of that is it doesn't mean you're coming in and saying, I'm ready, okay? There's no cockiness to this. There's no ego to this. This is saying, I'm interested. Give me some advice. And it's a critical starting place that's low risk. I think if you don't have three people in your life, you need to go and get them. The first one is a role model that looks like or feels like you. I didn't find female leaders until my 40s, and what a difference it made, right? The second one is a mentor, and the third one's an advocate. A mentor is a long-term person who works with you who may not even be in your organization. Maybe it's an old boss, but this is somebody who roots for you and will give you the honest feedback, and it's a long-term relationship, and you have to go and ask to get that okay the other person is an advocate and this is someone in your own company who speaks for you when you're not in the room because no matter what the application process looks like or the award process or whatever it is it comes down to a few leaders sitting around a conference table looking at the choices every time and the conversation goes quickly right oh lisa oh yeah that's that super sharp sharp lady from transportation right that's her soundbite right? So your advocate is giving you that sound bite and knows your work. So your boss, your boss's boss, somebody sideways, diagonal up, but it's somebody who's at the director or executive level who is also going to give you input, give you that honest feedback. All the things Lisa were saying, you want it inside the org and outside the org and a role model.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're dead on with those three types of individuals, because I have seen a lot of people who get ahead because they have that internal advocate, exactly like you said, that sound bite at that executive table, but I, I had a um, business coach that I hired. So, of course, that was somebody outside of the organization that I could really just kind of disclose everything that was going on in my head without any fear. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. person was excellent for navigating as to even whether or not where you are right now is even the appropriate company to be going. Oh, so true.
2: Yeah. You know, so. So true.
1: Yeah, I love what you're saying really love about finding people not just inside the company, but also outside. And I think that's where networking can also come in where you know people are on LinkedIn and they connect and they're asking for a job. Can you give me a job. 95% of the people on LinkedIn cannot give you a job, but what they can give you is their experience and how they have gotten to where they are right now. And so that brings me to the whole notion of is there a difference between how men and women actually use networking? I think so. Yeah, I think and,
2: Yeah. Go ahead, right, You want to go ahead? Okay. I'll go
0: for it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean it is it is different. Um, and and whether you network with with females or you network with males or a you know, a culmination of, of both. I do think it is different. I think there's maybe sometimes maybe different agendas. Um, and, and I think the reality is, 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 again, I'm, I'm really big on exposing yourself to different types, different experiences, and that comes from everywhere. So to be able to, um, e- even if we network different or if there's a different agenda or a different purpose, um, on both sides, I do think it's it 's good to learn um, and, and listen to experiences um, i think I think you can build upon that for sure
2: and i think it 's okay to ask for something
1: mm-hmm.
2: that 's all there is to it. so um, I have a brief story that 's going to sh- sh- tell it all. I was speaking at an event in Seattle. It was a women in sales event, and there were fifty women and about five guys and I always try to make the guys feel comfortable. Right. So I was hanging out with the guys and it turned out I was talking to a sales director and his brand new hire. Okay. This guy had been on the job for less than a week. He's like a minute old. Right. And he's 12. (laughs) You know what I mean? Anyway, we're talking and, and we were like, what's girls club? And I, you know, we're talking all about it. And he says, huh, that is interesting. Hey boss, how do you get ahead here? And boss went through and told him the steps of typical career progression. And I said, I, I, pardon me, I have to butt in. Boss, was it weird for you that he just asked that? I mean, he's been here a minute, right? And he's like, no, it's totally normal, that's great. Flash forward, we're at the end of the panel speaking, and a girl in the back raises her hand. She says, you know, hi, here's who I am. I've been the top performing BDR for about two years. When is it too early to start talking to people about career progression? Two years! And she was afraid to ask for something. This guy has a glass of wine with his boss. The first time he spent more than five minutes with him and asked. Totally different, right? So again, it comes into some of that fear. And networking can be that. It's okay to ask people for something. But I I, I think as a woman, I have to say, you have to make sure you're also giving deposits. Mm -hmm. I, I will tell you the people who come to me consistently asking for something and have never offered something in return. I know who they are, right? And they know if that's you too. So keep making deposits in your mentor banks and your network banks. And I feel better networking because nobody likes a person who's like, hey, here's my card. Call me for, like, it just feels ick. Nobody likes that guy, right? So I go into it saying, how can I help? So I'm going to meet you and 30 seconds later, I'm going to ask how I can help. And even if there isn't a way, it still makes me feel good about making those connections. So I think that is a difference in how I personally do it as a woman versus a man might do it. But if I'm doing that networking, asking how I can help, and then I meet my ultimate role model, mentor, ask something, ask advice, get input, share something that you want to do and ask for their feedback. That's okay. People want to help.
0: For sure.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that's coming to my mind is like, did you guys imagine yourselves as as corporate leaders? Was that something that was always in you, or was there a time that you kind of struggled seeing yourself in that image as an executive leader?
0: Yeah. So it's it's interesting for me. Um, I would, I, would, I would honestly say that I've never envisioned myself or I've never had a plan that I wanna be a VP in a company or I wanna be a director or I wanna be a manager. What has really driven me th- through it all has always, about, has always been about my passion to develop people and mentor people and help people and grow a business. And, you know, whether it be a new service, new technology, or that's really just always been my drive is, is you know, process improvement is really what it's about, whether it be people and developing people, processes to make people more efficient, um, again, introducing new products or growing sales, or it's always been about how do we constantly get better. Um, and that's really what's driven me through, through this whole deal is, is when you look at different roles and you have a passion for what that role does, um, I would say in, in, in my experience and in, in what I've done, it's always been about the greater good of the people around me and the business around me versus it being about Lisa Hubbard. Because um, that's what that fills my cup. I guess that's what fulfills me is to see other people succeed and to see a business succeed. Yeah, but that's why that's what makes you so great,
2: right? It just is, right? It, that's that's what makes you an amazing leader. Um, I'm I have the total opposite answer. I from a very young age said I want to own my own gig. I want to be in charge. I want to make a lot of money, and I want everybody that works for me to love coming to work. I had no idea what industry, I had no idea what service, but like that was, and by the way, I want to travel the world. That was it. That's what I went in looking for and and found a way to make all of those things come true. So it was really more about the feeling of it. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to inspire a group of people and all of us be really successful, and you know, as I look back now, it's like, oh, shoot, yeah, did it. That's wonderful. It worked. But I had a lot of blind ambition as I was younger, and that was tough as a woman, right? There's a, there's a point in every female leader's career where they remember the first time they were called a bitch. And frankly, I understand now that it's something to celebrate, right? That means you're powerful and it means you're a little different than the norm and, and that's okay.
1: Well, we are almost at the end of our time, but I really wanted to kind of leave it on a positive note and kind of share, like, how can we be more empowering to each other and encouraging others, whether it be at our work with our teams or even with our f- own friends, about you know taking on these challenges. So, what, Lisa, kick it off? What would your recommendation be to those out there?
0: Yeah. So, I would I would challenge everyone to find the good in every person around you. Everybody's got a talent. Um, recognize that talent. Always be appreciation. Always show appreciation for, for anybody, whether it be your kids, your coworkers, your team, your teachers, who, whoever it is. Um, recognize that in people and, and call it out. Um, the other thing is, is, is also be a champion for somebody. Um, when you see and you recognize that somebody has a true talent, um, make sure you have a conversation with them about that because they may be you know, I could never do that. No, I'm not going to take that next step or whatever, but recognize it, say it out loud that, Hey, I think you would be really good at this. And this is why, because you have these talents. Um, so it, verbalize it, say, thank you. Say, I appreciate you. And when you, when you recognize that talent, call it out hundred percent.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. Encouragement is the magic button. And women especially are looking for it and need it. And once you hit that button, they'll take off like rockets, but they're waiting for you to come to them. So it's something we can all do as, as, as women or any underrepresented class is find one person every day that you can give specific encouragement to. And if you are hunting for a position or a project or something, go ask the women. We'll do everything we can to get each other to raise our hands. But there's millions of us who are still waiting to be asked, and and so we can meet them halfway.
1: Can you share a little bit what the what the Girls Club is? Mm-hmm. If, Hashtag if Girls Club. Mind?
2: Yeah, no, not a bit. Um, I was it basically just asked one too many times to sit on a panel to discuss why there aren't more women in sales leadership, and thought, forget it. I'm going to do something about it. So Girls Club, which is wearegirlsclub.com, by the way, don't go to girlsclub.com at work. You'll get in trouble. So. Girls Club is a group that's designed to help get more women into sales leadership. We're a community uh, networking group, but once a year we open applications for our certification program. It's a six-month virtual cohort that includes management training, so yes, you will have the skills to do the job, confidence building, because we know that's the big gap, and community, which everybody's assigned a mentor. We have groups, we bring in role models. It really, it checks all the boxes of what women are often missing to feel like they can raise their hand confidently and get the job. We've done it for two years and Both of our generations or cohorts boast a 70% promotion rate of those individual contributors who are looking to get into management. And that's before the program's over. So we're thrilled with the success. We need mentors always. If you're a successful female leader in sales or a sales-adjacent career, please come and get involved. Lisa's one of our thought leaders. So she comes and speaks for us, and she's a role model that we hold up so that people can see authentic kick-butt women leaders.
1: That's awesome. That's really amazing. It's good to know that there's clubs like that out there to help empower, especially the next generation coming.
2: That's what it's about.
1: Lisa, Lisa, what's your role? Um, How did you get involved in Girls Club?
0: Yeah, so I've I've known Lauren for for years through another association, a sales association, um, AAISP that we've gotten and connected with and she started girls club and I'm a, I'm a Lauren fan. She knows I will follow her and she is a mentor for me um, to, to jump on and, and help out in any way that I can. And I can tell you from, from a mentor and a, and a thought leader through the girls club, you know, being able to mentor somebody who's kind of in that, I don't know, and I'm not sure what I want to do. I can tell you it is, so rewarding, um, not only just to be a mentor, but also be a part of the, the group. Again, you're not alone. And that's really what it's about. Um, when you when you sit in a room or you hear from these, you know, great, powerful, you know, women leaders that you're just like, oh my gosh, I aspire to be somebody like that. And then to find out, you know what, they're, they're no different than you um, is, is really empowering. Um, so yeah, it's been a great, great experience.
2: We're so happy to have you. Thank you.
1: So Thank you. did, you, did uh, both of you know that we're actually doing a virtual conference? You were talking about virtual conference before. We're doing Safety Connect later in October. So I hope that the both of you will um, sign up and come. It is free to attend. And I'm just gonna do mm-hmm. a little plug for people if they wanna register go to industry. ConnectSafety.com, and it's free to sign up. We're going to even have giveaways and door prizes and a cool. for it. So we're yeah, we're uh, really trying to make it so that uh, people can move through the conference by collecting points, and going to exhibitor booths and the speakers. Are, we even have somebody from Disney coming. Oh, How cool! To do
2: a discussion Amazing. on fall protection. Yeah, those are the, a lot of work goes into those.
1: Congratulations! Thank you so much, both of you, for coming. Such to a me. good
2: conversation. We could have done this for twenty more minutes. Right. Uh, thank you for what you're doing, Tamara, for the community. Lisa, thank you for inviting me. You're a rock star. Thank you very much.
1: I hope that you enjoyed that edition of Woman in Safety today. If you're looking for our episode, navigate over to Safetypedia.com and you can find it under the podcast menu. Have you signed up yet for our Safety Connect virtual conference? If not, navigate over to industryconnectsafety.com and you can register there for free. We've got door prizes, giveaways, so many things happening at the conference. So sign up today at industryconnectsafety.com. Have a great day and be safe. Thanks for
0: joining us. We hope you enjoyed the Women in Safety podcast. Thank you for clicking the subscribe button and sharing it with others. Make sure to visit us at safetywithpurpose.com for more safety leadership and industry discussions.